0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to PT Meal Podcast. This is part two of the recap of the batch of conversations I had for this season. We'll hear again highlights from our recent guests. But before that, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please do so in Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube, or in whatever uh, podcast apps you're listening to. Um, and please do follow us in, in our social media in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So, um, first to hear Riza Dehito talk about compassion fatigue in her work as a humanitarian worker and what keeps her motivated. Melanie Purganan shared her realization why she likes being a prosthetist and orthotist. Eugene Octaviano discussed different answers to the question, what is functional training? And lastly, Daria Allure discussed uh, evaluation and assessment approach approaches for patients that may or may not have long COVID. So let's take a listen. What keeps you moving forward? What keeps you in, in that area and, and say that, you know, I'll keep on doing this, I'll keep on helping people?
1: Yes so um johan, I think um seven more than seventy five percent of humanitarian workers have a mental uh, how call it mental problems i would mm-hmm. say. Yeah, mm-hmm. say or psychosocial uh, problems mm-hmm. one way or the other mm-hmm. and um this is not easy uh, mm-hmm. because uh, you know we, we we get burnt out right. a lot and we still continue to work. Mm-hmm. Because you know we we basically what we say, you know if 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 we stop if we stop working, there's going to be um, uh, far reaching um, impacts mm-hmm. you know if if we stop working. So you know we we kind of uh, continue to work, and we also suffer with what we call compassion fatigue, right. So, um, I think this is also, I mean, even with clinicians um, in the hospitals, mm-hmm. uh, we, we suffer um, uh, compassion fatigue mm-hmm. uh, most of the time uh, uh, when we're seeing a lot of, of, of suffering, for example. So, uh, we do um, value um, self care. Mm-hmm. And many of the organizations have started to have this well being policy where um, we are provided with um, at least the opportunity to access uh, psychologists or psychiatrists, mm-hmm. um, for, for example, for us to be able to, to speak with them if needed. Mm-hmm. And the new bread of um, managers and leaders in the humanitarian world are becoming more and more into this, you know. Um, really taking care of, of, mm-hmm. of, of the team for you mm-hmm. to be able to to take care of others right uh yeah we we, we do a lot of uh, let's say you know fun things i would say <laughs> you know in the philippines we did a lot of karaoke mm-hmm. but um at some point uh some have it easy than others i mean for me personally i was um i actually had to be treated um um, by a by a psychiatrist and also had to take uh, some uh, medications uh to manage my anxiety and, and mm-hmm. ptsd actually because um in 2016 um i i was caught up with 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 my team um in the middle of uh of a of a crisis or like mm-hmm. a civil war uh for example mm-hmm. so uh it was right. a very difficult moment for us you know we the, our neighbor was bombed and things like that. There was lots of people dying. And, wow. and so it was difficult uh, for us. Uh, we were eventually evacuated, of course. But then uh, it took a toll. And I couldn't talk about the experience for one year. And mm-hmm. I had to, to see a, a professionals uh, for mm-hmm. that.
2: And be right. um, really,
1: really treated. So many of us are also going this way. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Somehow uh, you just kind of toil on uh, you, you just you just continue because uh, this is something that I think uh, I would really see myself doing uh, until I retire um, I guess, and even when I retire I was actually th- thinking thinking and telling my husband maybe uh, when I retire or when we retire, um, we can probably uh, set up our own, or create our own um, NGO. Mm. You know, uh, just to continue.
0: Mm-hmm. What well, you started. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Ano naman yung other qualities that you th- you think you have that makes you, you know, made you stay in that career?
3: Qualities ko. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. all right. Um, Actually, pa ko dun na pa-isip pa na ano bang qualities ko that made me stay. Siguro kasi.
0: Or um, qualities that, that make make you enjoy doing what you're doing right now.
3: Ah, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, ngayon kasi after I graduated, ini ko naman sinasabing nag-specialize ako for pediatric orthodontics. Mm-hmm. All right. Ini ganoon din sinasabi ganun. Pero that's what I enjoy, I enjoy the most. Mm-hmm. Um siguro it helped a lot na yun talaga yung parang lumaki ako sa big family with a lot mm-hmm. of kids. So naiintindihan ko kung ang gana dapat kasigla yung isang bata, isang baby. So pag nakakakita ako ng someone na I know na at this age dapat ganito na yung ginagawa niya. But wasn't able to because of, you know, medical condition. So parang yun yung quality ko na parang gustong-gusto ko siyang gawan, or basta pag nakita lang ako sa labas na ah pwedeng siyang magganitong device kahit na nakita ko lang siyang lumalakad sometimes sa church, sa mall. So I think yun yung pinaka-quality na Ngayon ko lang isip because of your question na <laughs> yun pala. Kaya pala gustong-gusto ko ng pediatric o ano, orthosis.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So, I na, think yun talaga.
0: nakakatuwa naman yung question, eh yung, yung sagot mo na yun. Yeah, when you see a child uh, mm-hmm. walking. Parang automatic po, may...
3: pasok sa isip ko na, ah, ganito yung gate niya. I think magiging benefit pag ganito. Yung parang ganon, na it uh-huh. comes na usual na lang. Hindi uh-huh. na siya yung pag-iisipan mo. Parang uh-huh. ganon.
0: Nakakatawa ah, kasi ganoon din kami mga PT. Pag nakakita oh, kami mga oh. naglalakad, nag-a-analyze na kami agad na. Oo. Oh, oh. Ay naman, no, naisip na agad ano yung device na pwedeng niyang
3: gamitin. Pwede tawa. niyang gamitin. Tapos syempre, ba para ikaw, you keep it to yourself, pero hopefully, makita pa siya ulit. So, pag nakakita ka ng other child na lumapit sa'yo yung ganito, ay, ganito yung nakita ko. So, parang alam ko na paano siya i-handle. Yung mga ganito.
0: Nice, nice. Ay, ano ba ang tamang pagkakaitindi sa functional?
4: training mm, daan paano ko kasi yan eh. uh, uh-huh. I could go with, you know, a marketing perspective ng functional training, uh-huh. which is one of the most, I believe, one of the most prominent reason why it's been ganong misconception of functional training. It's actually right. out of marketing, mm-hmm. uh, I, I would understand that uh, naming something and communicating something easily to the layperson, mm-hmm. makes sense, I believe in that, ang problem, nga lang, medyo nagkukulang tayo ng uh, pagpapaliwanag, ano ibig sabihin ng itong semantic na to, uh, kaya doon na medyo nagkaka, tawad ko nagkaka, nagkakabulahan eh, iyong <laughs> actually ngayari eh nang nagsimula ako yung alam ko sa si functional training eh a training that's done to uh, with a specific tool. Mhm. Di ba? If ginagawa mo ang training or exercise mo using a specific tool then it's called functional training.
0: What do you mean tool? As in exercise equipment?
4: Ah, uh, is exercise equipment yes uh sorry sorry exercise equipment yun lang ang mm-hmm. definition lang ng functional training and then as as the data progresses or accumulates malalaman natin na, eh iba pala hindi pala yun eh kasi yun kasi ibang-iba ang definition ko sa functional training when we starting out eh mm-hmm. uh minsan sinasabi nila close kinetic chain exercises ka lang kasi yun ang functionan Mhm. open according Kasi open chain, hindi functional. They could be true on both ends. Uh-huh. Um, alam ko ngayon kasi sa functional training the way I define it today, uh based on, you know, scientific information is purposeful and functionally. Mm-hmm. So if a training has a purpose to the individual, then it's functional. It uh-huh. doesn't matter what form it is. Uh mm-hmm. we could talk about functional in terms of physiologic need, in terms of biomechanical need, uh-huh. uh, in terms of capacity need. Uh-huh. So, any form sa katawan natin na uh, kailangan mo para magawa mo kung ano yung mga dapat mong gawin, then it's functional if tinitrain mo siya hindi mm-hmm. siya defined by a specific movement hindi siya defined by a specific tool hindi siya defined by a specific arrangement of exercises hindi siya defined by a specific choices of exercises hindi siya defined by a uh, specific program mm-hmm. kung ginagawa mo will make you functional meaning pwede mong gampanan kung ano yung maximum na kaya mong gampanan ng katawan mo kung anong bagay ang gagawin mo sa buhay mo uh-huh. then it's functional yun nang definition ko yung ng functional kasi uh-huh. my purpose so kung kunyari ang gusto mo mangya, uh, gusto mong matrain sa katawan mo is explosivity pero ang ginagawa mo ngayon ay strength I would label that as functional kasi the way I understand you cannot be powerful if you don't have strength you don't need to go into plyometrics quickly if hindi pa nakuha yung prerequisite na strength mo uh-huh. To play, to play metrics. So that entire process there is the functional part uh-huh. of the training. Hindi line is an event, Hindi Langung is an exercise, Hindi yung is a program.
0: So for uh people or physical therapists who would encounter patients that may or may not have COVID, how can they assess or You know, Mm -hmm. um, at least have an idea probably that this may be a long COVID. Is there already, uh, you know, do we have uh, an agreement on what are the things that we should look into within our evaluation and assessments with certain patients that we see?
2: There's not necessarily a set thing, but there are like Mm -hmm. a couple important things. Mm -hmm. Watch their heart rate,
0: (laughs) Mm
4: -hmm. monitor
2: their heart rate, not only when they just come in and sitting and you get their vitals, but with positional changes with exertion, and exertion can be just receiving a history, just Mm -hmm. them, the cognitive demand of talking, Mm -hmm. and having to recall things and recall traumatic things. Um, Keep that pulse lock on, watch their heart rate, see how Mm -hmm. that's changing. Um, We have the DePaul questionnaire, which is from chronic fatigue syndrome, which is looking at symptom severity, there's a lot of questions that there's two different ones that are available in it. Mm
1: -hmm. So that's
2: really helpful. But I will add on like the patient end of it. Every time I look at it, I just so many words. So it might be, I like to point out it might be us maybe reading it to them or only doing part of it because you're, you're grading, you know, circling how severe are your symptoms and all that, but that the cognitive demand could be a lot. That's a big thing. It's not only physical, there's cognitive and emotional mm-hmm. demand, but that's an option. It's a way to sort of try to quantify, um, the symptoms that they're experiencing for world physiotherapy, um, on the world PT day toolkit, they have an activity tracker. Mm-hmm. which is really great. And there's ways for patients to fill in where their energy level was at. And so it's just like these little like kind of check boxes. And on the second page, you can actually like make notes of what was going on. Mm-hmm. But again, I like to point out with that, that filling out a full day every single day might be a lot. So maybe uh, it's kind of picking and choosing points because the other thing to like the things we might typically do as PTs, like a one minute sit to stand test or like a six minute walk or a bird bounce or whatever maybe way too physically demanding. The person mm-hmm. might be able to do it in time, mm-hmm. but that might cause a crash later on. Nice. So you kind of have to look at, yeah, it would be good to do these tests that you know we mm-hmm. do all the time, but is it going to harm the patient? And how much mm-hmm. more am I gaining from it? If mm-hmm. I know how many times I can sit or stand in a minute does that matter right now? It mm. might, you know, you could say they do this many now, maybe they do this many a couple months later,
1: mm. but you
2: have to weigh out if they're already describing that they're experiencing those crashes. Mm. Maybe we don't, don't want to push those, like those harder, harder, a one minute sit to stand physical assessment. Cause that's mm. happened to, to some of the PTs that have gone to the clinics. They've done these types of assessments and they're just completely drained afterwards.
4: Uh, okay. Yeah. So there
2: isn't, yeah, there isn't, and it's hard because for anybody dealing with insurance, they want outcome assessments. They want numbers on things. <laughs> right. right. And it's and it, we might not safely be able to do those assessments that we always do. Mm-hmm. So it's really recording like the signs and symptoms you're getting, mm-hmm. monitor their oxygen. You have to look to if they're desaturating more than 3%. That's a good indicator to also probably pull back and maybe not mm-hmm. push exercise, um, but monitor their response to activity. Even if you're looking at their heart rate, just at the start of your initial assessment and at the end and see if there's any changes with that.
4: Mm-hmm. And
2: I've even, this isn't like, this is just something I thought of, but with the one patient that I saw, it was a lot for her. I I didn't even have her try to fill out the DePaul. It would have been way too much for her. But I said, just, if you can just at the end of the day, give your day a number where zero would be awful, like literally couldn't get out of bed, couldn't do anything or tell me, this is great. I feel back to my old self, just overall, give it a number Mm -hmm. just to give me an idea of like where you're at. And that's something that, you know, should for the most part, maybe not Mm -hmm. everybody be reasonable.
0: Right. Mm-hmm.
2: and as and you mentioned earlier as well to make sure to rule out other uh yes. yeah. Thank you for listening to p t meal podcast if you like the show and want to support it. Please
0: follow the podcast social media accounts in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Share the episodes you're listening to or episodes you love to listen to so that the message can reach more people. Also, if you have anything to share with everyone about the profession or your practice, do contact me and we can work something out. If you have any suggestions, feedbacks, questions about the show or the guests, Uh, of the show you can reach me through all the podcast social media accounts or through the website www.ptmealpodcast.com or through email at ptmealpodcast at gmail.com all right looking forward to hearing from you thanks just a reminder folks the podcast is intended for educational and informational purposes only the show strives to keep all information true and correct but humans sometimes make mistakes factual errors may be present so we encourage the listeners to do their own research on the featured topics as well now let's go back to the show